I feel like what makes a great dream is something that to you seems impossible, right? And I think a great dream is somebody taking something that just seems out of the realm of possibility and saying, I'm going to make this happen. And then the thing that makes it great is like we follow the steps to see that dream materialize and become something dope. Welcome to the Mono Podcast from Netflix. I'm your host, Matt Owens. I'm a screenwriter, a co-show runner on the upcoming live action adaptation of One Piece from Netflix, and most importantly, a lifelong anime fan. The Mana Podcast stands for Manga, Anime, Netflix Adaptation, and it's an opportunity for us to talk about our love of all things manga and anime. I've invited some of my closest friends to chat. We're going to keep this fun and casual, and we're really glad that you've decided to join us. This is the Mana Podcast. Oh, and also there will be spoilers, so check the podcast description for that list. On this episode, we're exploring the concept of dreams. And to help us explore that topic, I've invited a very special guest into the studio today. The one, the only, Mr. Straw Hat Goofy. What's up, man? How's it going? Doing well. Good to have you here, sir. Yeah, thanks for having me. This is actually really big for me to talk one piece and anime with you. Like, I feel the same way. I feel the same <laughs> way. So thanks for joining us. Before we dive in, why don't you um, introduce yourself to our listeners a little bit? Yeah, so I'm Juju Green, a.k.a. Straw Hat Goofy. On TikTok and everywhere else, I am a movie guy. I love movies, talk about them all day. So it was only a matter of time that I took to social media and started talking about movies on that, created a platform. We're at 3.3 million on TikTok, which is insane okay. to me. You know, <laughs> Most people get laughed at for their opinions on movies, and people actually want to hear what I have to say. I still get laughed at, but... But, you know, there's I can just see that there's also a lot of people who want to hear what I have to say. So uh, I do breakdowns. I see things other people don't necessarily always see. And I just have a general love for movies that some may say can't be matched. I think there's a hundred people that can match it. But I'm just one of the ones that kind of blew up off of it. And it's not just movies for you. I mean, you're also yeah. you're a massive anime fan. What are uh what are some of the series that are really important to you? Well, obviously, One Piece is like the biggest one. Like, I based my whole name off of Luffy, Straw Hat Luffy, Straw Hat Goofy. Uh, that's literally changed my life in so many different types of ways. And I'm still finding new things, watching it after 25 years, you know, and that's changing my life every day. Uh, other ones, uh, Haikyuu. Haikyuu is one of my, I think it's my number two favorite anime. I've never been so invested in a sports anime, in any anime, to be honest. Like, Suki is my favorite character in that whole thing. Oh, I still think of that block that he had. But if you guys watch Haikyuu, you guys know exactly what I'm talking about. That scene still lives in my heart to this day. I'm getting pumped up just thinking about it. Uh, Fire Force, uh, I haven't finished it. And people are like, oh, you haven't finished Fire Force? Uh, I watch a lot of stuff. And sometimes I'll like leave stuff on the floor and like pick it up for later. So I'm anticipating picking up Fire Force again. But when I watched it, oh my God, it's animation is fantastic. Goated theme song, uh, great characters. I think it has one of the better main character quirks where when he gets nervous he smiles so it kind of adds to like the badassery of his character right like just kind of like going pushing through the fear to do something great then obviously like my hero one punch man death note my ex got me into fruits baskets so i got really into that as love well. fruits baskets. fruits baskets is great i absolutely love it and then you know every now and then i'll skew on the lewd side in high school dxd it has a great story guys it has a great story still. It's the first thing out of anyone's mouth who talks about high school DXD. <laughs> Guys, it's a great story. Especially it's a great story, caught, I tell you. Right? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I just figure like, hey, before you catch me in my room watching it, I'm going to just say it right here. It, it does legitimately have a great story to it. I mean, shout out to Fire Force. That is an, a severely underrated series. And I didn't think it was going to be, right? Like I saw it 
And I was watching it under the impression that, oh, this is like Attack on Titan level. This is Naruto level. But not that many people outside of people who are deep in the anime community is like really like hip to it. For a series that its power set exists solely in fire, yes, there are so many creative usages yeah. for it. In the, like all of the characters feel distinct from one another. Mm. It's all incredibly inventive. I, if you are not checking out Fire Force, if you've been sleeping on it, I highly encourage you to wake up and totally. go watch or read this series. Tell you like a hundred thousand ways to use fire. Like a lot of people thought like fire based powers were just the de- one of the defaults. No, <laughs> like, it, goes fires, deep. it goes deep, man. It goes deep. Well, we're here today to talk about dreams mm. and the pursuit of dreams. This is something that is so important through anime and manga and not just, you know, a lot of people talk about it from a shonen perspective. You have yeah. a lot of shonen protagonists who have a dream that they're working towards, but it kind of really spans everything. Dreams come in a lot of different forms. Yeah. And so for you, what makes a great dream? I think it's a... As corny as it sounds, like a dream is something that's kind of like inside you that drives you to a personal goal. Like, right, it's dreams and goals kind of go hand to hand together. And I feel like what makes a great dream is something that to you seems impossible, right? Like, I feel like the difference between a dream and a goal is that a goal you can, you know, you have small goals, little goals, big goals, like whatever. Those that can be attainable dreams in and of themselves seems like they can't be reality. Right. And I think a great dream is somebody taking something that just seems out of the realm of possibility and saying, I'm going to make this happen. And then the thing that makes it great is like we follow the steps to see that dream materialize and become something dope. Going back into One Piece, the dream to be the Pirate King. Right. You tell that to people like on the street who haven't seen it and they go like, oh, well, you know. Pirate King. You just got to defeat all the pirates. Right. But then you watch the show and you read the manga and you realize this is a story that is so big because the dream itself is so big and you start to see the magnitude of the impossibility of what being king of the pirates means and what it is it's not just defeat every pirate that's in your way it's like uncovering the history it's it's uh rallying other people to your side it's uh it's it's fighting like an island in the sky and fighting this impossible language that nobody can read and it's like there's so many different steps to get to that dream that by the time when we finally do get to see Luffy like get that mantle, it's earned and it's it makes you feel, whoa, not only did he go through all this as a character, we as an audience went through that as the ones watching it happen. Right. And it's a beauty to like witness a dream come true. You know what I'm saying? It's a. Uh, it's uh, I always go back to uh, Kevin Garnett winning the Boston series against the Lakers. My Lakers. I'm so sorry, Laker fans. We we hurt in that one. It was a hard one, but you can't deny when Kevin Garnett screamed to the heavens, "Anything is possible! Anything is possible!" You could tell that was the actualization of that dream, and we were along for the ride for that. Especially if you watch basketball, saw, like followed his career. So I think, yeah, I think like what makes a great dream is how impossible it seems to that individual and like how they made that happen. One of the things that I think when done very well is it reveals a lot about that character and who they are and what they need. Yes. Like, you know, Naruto can say that he wants to be the Hokage and sure that's a, it's a difficult challenge to overcome, but what he really wants is respect and recognition because it's something that yes. he doesn't get in his life as a child. And like yeah. same with Luffy being the pirate King to him is about the person that's the most free. He was an orphan on a small island that only got to hear about adventures when Shanks was in town. Right. And so he wants the ability to chase this thing that gives him freedom and adventure. Mm-hmm. And so what it what it reveals about 
a protagonist, I think is is to me like the most exciting part of like a well-crafted character dream. Oh, absolutely. Because I think One Piece is like something that's made of dreams. Every character has a dream. And I feel like that's what attaches us to the Straw Hat so much is because each and every one of them have a dream and each and every one of them wants to do whatever it takes to help that other one achieve that dream. But when it comes to everyone on the Straw Hat crew, those dreams are attainable. It's dreams that you could touch feel, look at, and say, okay, Luffy's the Pirate King. No disputing that. Zoro is the greatest swordsman of the world. No disputing that. Oh, Nami, had, here's the map of the world that Nami always wants. It's right there in front of you. But then I want to talk about Usopp's dream, mm-hmm. which is a dream that can't be given to him by anybody else. Nobody else can look at him and say, you are a brave warrior of the sea. Sure, they can, right? In their eyes, if he's a brave warrior. But that title means nothing if it doesn't mean anything to himself, Mm -hmm. right? It's a dream that he has to prove to him and him alone. And I feel like that makes it a lot more interesting when you have a character who's on this personal journey, right? To overcome his fears and then like finally considering himself, I am a brave warrior this year. I'm no longer a coward because he's still very cowardly kind of, you know, on the outside. And it's not going to be one episode. He flips a switch and he's just brave from here on out. He can still be very, very afraid. We talked about Fire Force. Like, there's a character who's always afraid. He just smiles whenever it happens. So it makes it look like he isn't. But I feel like the most intriguing dream on the Straw Hats is Usopp because, again, at the end of that road, he could still be like, I still don't feel like the brave warrior that I thought I would be. Right? It's like a never-ending journey that he's not proving it to anyone else in the world. It's all about proving it to himself. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's where we'll get, like, the most satisfaction. Right? So it's just... it's. Like you said, there's many different types of dreams, right? There's the attainable, and then there's the ones that are, like, worth to us. And I feel like the ones where the character realizes that they've achieved that goal, that's where you're just kind of like, that, that's a badass right there, you know? <laughs> like, it's like, it's like you know, an athlete leaving the game knowing that they did everything that they could. You're just kind of like, goal is set, job is finished, you know? And what's what's cool about that also is that it isn't always just encapsulated in your protagonists. Like, yeah. Villains are a really interesting way to talk yeah. about dreams and stuff as well. And so, like, I want to, I want to ask you, my favorite One Piece villain is Doflamingo. I think, I think that's a lot of people's favorite villains. He's, <laughs> he's the goat. I mean, like, yeah, look at the drip, listen to his voice, and his yeah. dream. He is someone who had a life that he became accustomed to, mm-hmm. and when he gave it up, and they all turned his back on him, he's gonna burn it all to the ground yeah. and build his own kingdom. Yeah, and like. I like that kind of spite. I like that kind of pettiness. <laughs> but like, so who's who's your who's your favorite One Piece villain? Oh my god! I mean, Doflamingo has to be at the top because he's such a uh, he's he's a character not only with a tragic backstory that you can kind of understand. Like he's he's someone who he's a he's a man of circumstance, right? You already touched on how he had this life already kind of laid out for him, and then it was suddenly taken away, and so that created this sense of privilege and pettiness. That when it was taken away, he was just kind of like, all right, then screw it. Burn it all to the ground. And that's that's amazing. Plus, he's like dripped out. Like he's that smile that he does. Even when he's upset, that smile is just devious. But I feel like uh, some of my favorite villains is one, and a lot of people aren't going to say this, Senor Pink. Senor yep. Pink is a great villain. And I think like his dream is interesting because he can never have it, right? He can't have it. And his dream is to one day like have his wife like wake up and everything will be fine and everything will be okay. And he's, you know, he gained some weight. He puts on the baby bib, sucks on the pacifier, all because she smiled one time when he did it. So now he's on this never ending journey to kind of like get her to like finally like wake up. And then maybe like the things that he sinned for when it came to her, like they can all be atoned. 
And that's very interesting, right? Uh, yeah, not many people think of Senor Pink. I love him as a villain. You know, there's a reason why Oda put him in a cover story crying with Frankie. But honestly, I mean, you could you could go down the list. Like, Big Mom's a great villain because her dream is very noble, but she's really effed up. Like, you know, it's, just, it's the way she goes about it is very effed up way. Like, everybody wants to unite the world. I mean, a lot of people think that that's what Luffy's actual dream is, is to have a big party that unites everybody. Mm -hmm. And essentially, that's what Big Mom is trying to do, minus the party. But she's just a very messed up individual. But I think where I'm going to end this and land on the Russian roulette table of great One Piece villains, I'm going to have to say Kaido. And I know he's a recent villain. It might be recency bias. But I think there's something to be, and you can say what you will about how rushed his backstory was and things like that. He's still a very intriguing character because I don't think we 100% know what his dream was. Uh, obviously, he want like, King of the Bees, strongest pirate in the world. Like, he wanted to start a war with the world. Cool, we get that. But I do think, and this is, now we're getting into the theory territory, is that he once thought of himself as Joy Boy, the Joy Boy of that generation. He believed that. And then I think somewhere along the line, he found out that he wasn't. And he knew that his job was to find the next Joy Boy, right? And I think that's very intriguing for a villain. He he never says it like out loud, but there's almost like a a yearning, right? He says, if I'm not going to be that guy, I need to be defeated by that guy. He's the only one that can defeat me, right? And so seeing him in this fight with Luffy, him relishing this, this chance to be taken out while also giving it his all, I think that's something that a lot of people don't think about when it comes to Kaido's character. They just see dragon. They just see badass. They just see, you know, intimidating force. But there's also, like, a hidden sadness in there, right? And you feel it that time when he knocks Luffy off of Onigashima, and he's like, well, I guess then you couldn't be Joy Boy. Like, you can so see upset. it in his face. Yeah, that he's, he like, so he's a little bit sad. He's a little bit disgusted. Yeah. That, like, oh, I, you thought you were going to be the one. I might have given it to you, but I guess you can't be Joy Boy either. You know? I think those are those are really good examples of, and I, I, I want to know across some other series who you think kind of exemplify this stuff too, of villains who directly stand in the way mm. of the dreams of a main character. Because there are a lot of major villains in One Piece that yeah. aren't after the One Piece. Yeah. Don't care about being the king of the pirates. They're yeah. set up well as antagonists for a particular arc. Mm -hmm. But I do think that's one of the things about Kaido that did make him a very good villain is he is a direct obstacle for exactly right. what Luffy is going after. Exactly. So can you think of some other good villain examples who are like directly standing in that way? Because you can lose a physical fight. Right. That happens a lot. But for someone to like really stand in the way of a hero's dream. This is super interesting. This is real because I was I must say, I know he's not a villain anymore. I know, but I always feel like he could just switch at like a drop of a hat. I'm gonna say Vegeta and Goku, like old school Vegeta and Goku, that rivalry, that villain hero, like that. Forget Frieza, forget a uh, Cell, Boo, uh, Beerus, like anybody. Vegeta is the hero of his own story, and in his story, Goku is the villain because Goku's goal is to just get stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger, get, become, become the strongest warrior that he can be. It's like the same thing as Usopp, right? Like, he won't know until he feels like he's defeated the strongest and that he can sit on top and he'll give that title to himself. However, Vegeta is like, I am a prince. Like, in order to be the prince of the Saiyans, I have to be the strongest Saiyan, and yet this lowly, like, weirdo <laughs> is, is taking my spot at every single turn. And so... 
they're both after the same thing. But Vegeta, to me, is a lot more interesting because at the same time, he's like, I got to give it to him, but I don't want to. Like, I do not want to. And even when, like, they're on the same side, now that they're friends and everything, they're still in opposition to each other, right? They're still very much like, I'm going to be, the, it's going to be, it's going to be me. So, and I just, and I, again, this may be cheating because he used to be a villain. He's not a villain anymore. No, right? I think but it counts. I, I like think, it. Yeah, I think and I'm always for talking about Vegeta, so. Dude, Vegeta is like the most layered character in all of anime. I have to say it. Like, there's this guy on TikTok who does, uh, he does monologues, anime monologues specifically. And he does it in this kind of like Shakespearean kind of like voice. And he takes every monologue from every anime you could think of to like the next level. And he does, I'll show it to you after the show, but he does this beautiful one of Vegeta where he's talking to Goku and saying like, I, 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 I respect you for like surpassing me, but why can't I surpass you? And then I like, you know, he goes through the whole monologue about like, Oh, you, I, you had a family. So I decided to get a family and then I decided to care for them, but I'm still like a monster at the end of the day, you know? So it's, it's, I'll show it to you. It's absolutely fantastic, dude. But yeah, I'll, I'll put Vegeta on that list as well. You think there's a version where when, Dragon Ball finally ends. Are we going to get, like with Naruto and Sasuke, are we going to yeah. get another Goku versus Vegeta, like to really end that series? I think so. I think so. And to be honest, I think the winner should be Vegeta. Like, I really do think that. And I know a lot of Goku stands are going to come after me and be like, yo, he ain't stronger than Goku. I think I'm on your side. I'm on your side. <laughs> I think a lot of people will, one, finally decide to let go of the whole, like, he's not stronger than Goku debate, like, by actually having a character who is stronger than Goku. And then, but also having some character growth for Goku as well. Because let's be real, at some point, Goku's got to realize like he's not the best dad. Like <laughs> he's got to realize he's not the best husband and family man. You know, he's he's put a lot of stuff on the back burner, put a lot of people in danger for his like unsatiable thirst to to you know to get stronger. He gave Cell a sensu bean. Like <laughs> He gave Cell a Sensu Bean and then and then Cell proceeded to blow him up and then come back. So it's like it's like Goku. At some point there has to be a moment where he lets go of the fight, right? Just lets go and says, I don't need to be the strong. Like I like it's okay for me to lose. Right. And then Vegeta beating Goku in that sense. Like Vegeta beating Goku, then Goku saying, Good game, bro. Like, giving him that and then giving Vegeta that satisfaction, like, Vegeta finally attaining that peak. I think that's the best ending for both of those characters. And uh, it's not it's not going to end in the same, oh, Goku wins again. We've been seeing that through the entirety of Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Z, and Dragon Ball Super. So, uh, yeah, I think Vegeta should definitely win that. Sorry, Goku stance. Now, you heard it here first, Power Scalers. <laughs> Straw Hat Goofy says Vegeta beats Goku. Story over power scaling, guys. Story over power scaling all day. All right, well, this is now, I've decided, this is now, uh, this is a villain episode now. Uh, so <laughs> Forget one, the dreams. Who, who's a villain that you root for, that you really root for in a series? Like, either because Ooh. just you, you, you love their characterization, you think they have a great point mm. in their villainy. Like, who's a villain that just, like, really does it for you? Oh, my God, Stain. I gotta say Stain, man. Like, Good answer. Like, I, I was root for Stain. Like, I, 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 it's shame for me to say, if I existed in the world of my hero... I would have adopted the the legacy of Stain myself. I don't know if I would have became a villain, but I would have been one of those heroes like, yo, dude, Stain is kind of right. Y'all just He's got a point. For, He's got a point. A lot of y'all are just doing it for the money. A lot of y'all are just doing it for the clout, the status, uh, to be famous. Like, it ain't about that, bro. It's about helping people. 
And I don't know if I would go the route of like, you know, murdering heroes to to get that point across. But at the end of the day, you know, he said All Might's the only one out here that's actually doing it for that. Right. Uh, I mean, even Endeavor is now starting to realize that I was in this for the wrong reasons. Right. And he's starting to realize that maybe he can't make up for why he was doing it in the first place as much as he tries you know you didn't get into it with the best intentions and now those intentions are going to have to follow you and that's all because of stain right and uh i don't want to get into like super super spoilers for the current season but you know let's just say like seeds seeds are coming to roost like for for endeavor and he was a follower of stain he got into this heavily because of stain and you can't you can't knock and again he's another villain that you can't knock for the way he feels right, right. i'm not rooting for him in that sense but at the same time you're just kind of like yo these heroes are kind of messed up and some of these villains are just pointing that out and i feel like stain was the one that was like all right like i guess i'm gonna have to be that bad guy to you know right the ship and, I, and there's something i don't want to say noble but there's something interesting about someone turning themselves into a detestable figure in all of history in order to make sure history like eventually gets on the right course Mm -hmm. right like one can argue it's even more noble than being a hero itself right being that bad guy that uh goes against the people who are trying to save people but saying like nah nah it's time to cleanse everything it's the whole like thanos is right argument you know so i think i think stay like i was rooting for him like quite a bit and i was surprised because he's like slashing people and licking their blood i'm just like i didn't know that was gonna be rude for that guy not at all (laughs) so do you also do you like spinner then because i feel like they you know spinner was kind of set up as someone who believed in stain's ideology and not diving too much into spoilers but in the current manga we've learned a lot more about spinner Mm. and his life and so you again you kind of you have an understanding Mm. of where these people come from i'm intrigued because i'm not caught up on the manga oh okay so i'm like spinners getting like that development we've like, got some spinner development oh, okay. we've got some spinner development because like, i just kept seeing spinner is like because I, I my hero is so great at developing all their characters like everybody like everyone and so i knew it was a matter of time because they already did twice uh they did uh i always forget her name the little girl who likes toga toga they did toga so well um and then uh shigaraki like Everybody, like, right? And so I said, it's only a matter of time before Spinner gets something. Because right now, he can't just be the stained cosplayer, right? Like, he, right, can't, he right. can't just be the stained cosplayer. And, I mean, if he ended the series that way, all right, cool, whatever. The one guy. He can't get to everybody, right? But hearing this, I'm like, ooh, ooh, this sounds intriguing. Give so, you something to look forward to, a little okay. Spinner development. Okay. I, I got I got spoiled in the manga because somebody told me who the traitor was. And I was just kind of like. Oh, no, really? Somebody, somebody told me who the traitor was. And I said, God damn. Like, this is before even, like, the show was, like, talking about the traitor. Mm-hmm. Like, some people would just say, oh, yeah, there's a traitor in Class 1A. I was like, what? That's crazy. And then somebody blurted it out. I said, God damn. <laughs> God damn. So I kind of, like, stayed away from the manga. But now I'm going to have to, like, catch back up with this piece of information because, again, Spinner. Like, like I like that. I like that a lot. But I know the manga right now is is polarizing. I know the mm-hmm. community feels certain ways about it. I I like it. Mm-hmm. I feel that it's a little rushed, right. to be honest. Mm-hmm. But I think a lot of different characters are getting some really great focus. Okay. I think the art. There's it. It, it was a few years ago, but you can tell there are like two areas of Horikoshi's art. Yeah. His designs have changed in a way a couple of years ago. And I just so I'm really enjoying the art more than anything else. Got it. Okay. Right yeah. now, but um. 
again, it's polarizing. You might feel one way, but mm. I'd be interested to hear what you think when you get caught up. Okay, for sure. I mean, I could I could deal with polarizing. I laugh in the face of polarization because yeah, I mean, come on, Attack on Titan season finale part three going in two parts it's like okay, so which which side of the line do you fall on there i think it's ridiculous bro like i honestly think it's ridiculous because there's somebody who just started attack on titan i want to say last year i uh decided to like just binge the whole thing because mm-hmm. i watched like half of the first season fell off of it and then season four came out i was like okay let me just catch up caught up in like three days you know and then I was like, okay, I'm here for the finale, like season four, let's go. And then they say like, oh, there's a part two of season four. I was like, oh, okay, part two. And then they, part three that. And I said, okay, that's, now y'all just stretching it out. And then when you get the news that part three is going to be split into two parts, I said, now y'all just milking this. Yep. You guys are just milking. And like, I don't know if it's because I heard that the ending of the manga was very polarizing as well. And I don't know if they're trying to buy themselves time to work out like a new type of ending that will make people happier. Uh, it's it to me, it's similar to like what happened with like with a uh, with Game of Thrones, mm-hmm. or I think where I think it what it is happening, and not to do like a whole aside, but I'm gonna wrap it back around. You know how George R. R. Martin still hasn't like written that final book, or right. I think it's like the final two books. I feel like. He told the showrunners, like, oh, this is what I'm planning to do for the ending. This is, like, the main bullet points as a tester. You think he set him up? I think he set him up. I think he set him up. Because what I've seen about George is that he's very very aware of the conversations around his story. He's Mm -hmm. very aware. And he's very, like, I don't want to mess this up. He's a very nice guy. Like, I don't want to mess this up for anybody. So I do feel like he gave them some bullet points of what he might have been doing. Put it on the show to test it out, see the responses, and then now that it's negative, he's working that out again. Like, let me just <laughs> If that final book is any different at all now from the show, that's all I'm gonna be thinking about. That's what we need to watch out for. That's because if because again, if it was the same, we would have got it. Right? So that's just my conspiracy theory for Game of Thrones. But I feel like, you know, the reverse is happening with Attack on Titan, where, you know, the ending, the actual ending is was done. And now it's a matter of okay, how do we, like, do something different for the anime so that way, like, we don't make people upset twice? It's an interesting opportunity that's there. And, I, it, you know, it falls into some categories of, of you know, some people want things, even in an anime adaptation, yeah. to be as pure and one-to-one as possible. But in the event of an ending to a manga that people didn't really like, mm-hmm. I wonder what the overall attitude is for things like that. Like, yeah. someone, give me Promise Neverland Kai. They need mm. to come back and do mm. that anime over again. <laughs> and that, that's also one, though. I read the entire manga, mm. and I like 90% of it. The ending is not bad. Yeah. It's rushed and just kind of stops. That's the worst. That's the worst. So I was hoping that in an anime adaptation, it's like maybe when they get to that point, we can live there yeah. a little bit longer. Yeah. You can flesh some of that stuff out. I think it's an interesting opportunity. So, hey, if that's what Attack on Titan is doing... As long as this doesn't affect when I get season two of Chainsaw Man. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's what I care about more than yeah. anything else. Right it's like now. the same studio, right? Yep. Like that. Yep. See. And so you see some people talking about that. They're like, well, they're, they're splitting it up so they can do a little bit of Attack on Titan and then they can go do like their other massively popular series right now. And if that's the case, I will sacrifice Attack on Titan <laughs> for Chainsaw Man any day of the week. I, I mean, at this point, I would too. I've been reading it for a long time mm. and the next arc. I need it immediately. The next arc is one of my favorites in the entire series. What okay. season two will be. Okay. And I just, I need it. Okay. I need it immediately. So Chainsaw Man was the first anime 
that I was hearing about the manga first before the anime was even greenlit. That's how good the story was. Mm-hmm. And so, and I don't like, I don't pick up like a lot of manga, but I was like going to pick that one up because everyone was like, yo man, when this, when they finally greenlight this anime, it's going to be fire. And sure enough, anime came out fire. And I was just like, whoa. Like, so I started watching that and I have a general rule of like, if I know that there's something coming out, I won't read it first because mm-hmm. uh, it's better to get immersed in the medium of film for me because you're going to get a lot of stuff lost from, you know, the adaptation. Yeah. And so I would much rather get lost in the, in that medium and then go back and read and then fill in the blanks. Right. Versus like getting, like having all the blanks filled and then pulling them out. So that was always my policy. So I'm going to like watch that and then I'll probably go back and then watch like that arc in the manga. But Man, I'm telling you, man, Chainsaw Man is a different beast, bro. And like, go, wrapping back around to the dreams, very simple dream. Very simple. Denji is a simple man. <laughs> simple, a simple man. man. Simple man. And you know what? Like, say what you will. I'm good with that. Like, I that you know, I was if if I didn't have other dreams, that would be my dream. Like, if I didn't have anything else going on in my life, Denji man, we're right there with you. I want to go on that journey too, bro. Just some food, some shelter. And the touch of a good and the woman. Touch of a good woman. <laughs> That's it. I That's mean, it. All right. You know what? Denji. Denji wins the dream competition. I think, I think so. I think so. I mean, yeah. It's 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 always been Denji. I don't think there was ever a competition to be honest. But what's also nice, one of the things that I really love about Chainsaw Man, and I, I try to tell people as they're getting into it, because I'm like, look, this is a very violent, yeah. somewhat lewd series, but it's also a commentary on those things and how Denji's dream changes right over time is one of the best things about it. He does have these very simple ideas in the beginning, but the more he becomes a part of the world, the more that he fosters relationships with Mm -hmm. people, you see a maturation in him and that dream. Right. All right. So we, in talking about Denji, we kind of came back to topic a little bit. So I'll ask you one more dream related question. What is a character whose dream has really inspired or moved you mm. in your real life? Like, what is one that has really resonated? And I mean, like, again, you can say Denji. I get it. Yeah. But who's, who's <laughs> someone that it's it's really, it's inspired or really resonated with you? Oh, see, that's got to be, uh, I feel like they have the same name. And I don't want to say this because I know anime fans are going to come at me. But uh, Haikyuu, Hinata, right? Mm-hmm. Hinata, okay, Hinata. I was going to say Hinata, but that's different from, that's that's uh, Naruto. Naruto. So it's Hinata. So I'm learning some Japanese and like inflection. It's cool. But uh, no, Hinata, man, like as an athlete, like, yeah, like the goal is to be like the best, the very best of the best, to carry your team, to win, all those type of things. But in Haikyuu, there's something about Hinata who just, who wants to live up to the legacy of the the tiny giant, right? And what inspires me about him is that he is not the most, and we see this with protagonists all the time, specifically like Shonen. Like he's not the most gifted person well he's gifted like physically like when it comes to his uh his raw talent but when it comes to his know-how of the sport like you have to learn the sport with him you have to learn like you know he's learning like tempos he's learning like when to stop when to go like before he starts he's just running out there jumping super high then smacking things super hard and which is cool it looks cool in the anime but then the joy comes from seeing him like stop and then like kind of like timing the jump and like him being in the air, then like seeing in slow motion, like where the open spots are, and those type of things. Just seeing him power through despite being literally the smallest person on the court. That's inspiring. And I feel like just with Haikyuu, since it's an anime about sports, you know, it's the easiest for us as people to kind of like 
attach ourselves to, right? Because, you know, anybody could, we've all been on one team or another where we all are like working towards a single goal. And with, uh, with Hinata's dream period, it's like, he also knows that he has to rely like on his team to like cover him where he can't do certain things. Right. Mm -hmm. So there's just something super inspiring about not having it training to get it. And then, you know, taking your your friends along with you, and or and then your friends picking you up to do that. I mean, their mascot is the crows, and I love the imagery. Like when they when they go against, I think a uh, Shiratoza, Shiratoza, that school. Oh my god! Uh, the the visuals where like you know they're the eagles and or the eagle, and they're the the flock of crows, and they I think somebody said the quote, even a murder of crows could take out an eagle. And so when you see the, uh, you know, Hidden says about the spike, you see like these, uh, this, this eagle flying towards them, and, but you see the flock of crows coming together. Beautiful Be- artwork. Beautiful artwork, man. And then, um, another, I could talk about this all day, but another, Dude, I didn't know that you had, the, I didn't know you were such a haiku. So I would have worn my cross <laughs> sweater dude, up in here today. I had I'm no a, idea. Bro, I'm a stand, dude. Like I'm a stand. Like, what, bro, one of my favorite moments. And I show people this moment like all the time is when, uh, you know, they're going back and forth. I think it's like the final match point in the uh, championship game for the region. Uh, this is to go to, uh, I believe, Tokyo for the uh, for the Nationals. Mm-hmm. And uh, I call, I can't remember his name, but I call him the LeBron James of volleyball because he just looked like a grown man playing against children. And there's a moment where he, like, spikes the ball. And to them, to, to Karasuno, he's just like a monster. And he's holding them all down by himself. But the cool thing about it is, is that every character with just a little bit of help, like just a quick save, a block here, this there, is when like you see them like all like come together to lift him up. The crows are coming together to lift the one eagle. And that I think about that like all the time. The I, visual metaphors of that series are beautiful. The way that it's inserted in both in the anime and in the manga, the way that it's inserted into the action of what's going on mm-hmm. just as a great way to represent those feelings of like triumph and overcoming yes. and stuff. It's y'all don't sleep on Haikyuu. Don't sleep on Haikyuu, guys. I swear, I swear to you. And like, can we really quick, can we talk about the uh the Sukashiba moment? Like, can we talk about Suki? spit like bro okay like okay i okay i'm I'm waiting for this one all right so suki is the super tall freshman like i don't know what i'm doing here (laughs) bro said i don't know what i'm doing here this is just an extracurricular activity y'all are too hype he was like the person who doesn't watch anime talking about anime fans he said y'all are too hype for this it's just extracurricular why you trying to be the best chill right and he was like, he was just kind of like that interesting character where everyone else is like, oh, we got to we gotta win for each other. We got to do it for our friends. We're going to be the best. And he's just like, bro, why? And then, <laughs> and then like, the more you get, because this was me. This was me. Like, I got into basketball because it was an extracurricular. But then, like, when you fall in love with it, it's mm-hmm. like you can't, you can't stop. So seeing Suki fall, slowly but surely fall in love with the game of volleyball. And that's when, like, you know, he's in the front. He's one of the main blockers, and he's going up against this LeBron James type dude like time and time and time again, and LeBron James is just smashing it, just smashing it, smashing it. And Suki, you would think like, oh, he's just like, all right, like, nothing I can do, whatever. But you see something change in him where he's like, look, I know I'm probably never going to block this guy. However, I know that with every time I contest it, I'm rattling him at least 2%. Just 2%. If it's a fingernail, if it's a fingertip, I'm, 
altering this shot a little. It's not by much, but if there's anything I can do to like actually affect this game, I'm going to do it. And then it just goes into this awesome flashback where he's talking to uh, these guys that were mentoring him over the summer. And he asks them just straight up like, hey, bro, like, why are you guys so into this? Like, he's curious now. He's like, what is it about this game that gets you obsessed? And dude just says, look, there's going to come a point where you need one point, right? You need one stop. You need one block. You need something. And you're going to make that happen. Like, you're going to know that you had a hand in making that happen. And it turns the whole tide. That is the moment where you will fall in love with the game of volleyball. I don't know when that is. I don't know what it will be. But that will be the moment. And knowing the backstory of uh, he did like volleyball once upon a time because his brother played, but then he found out his brother was like a bench warmer, not even a bench warmer. He was a cheerleader in the stands. And he was like, oh, well, if my brother can't play, then like there's no point. So knowing all of that, you're just thinking to yourself, oh, yeah, Suki was set up to fail from the beginning. So you come back to this game, this amazing game. Remember, LeBron James (laughs) (laughs) is smashing this ball over and over and over again. He looks like he's taking people's heads off with that spike. And Suki, one time, just one time, he notices that they jumped at the same time. His timing is a little bit off and that his hand is in just the right place. Just the right place. And when that dude spikes that ball, Suki shuts him out. Shuts him. I think, and I want to think, this is my old headcanon. I want to believe that that was the first time ever that that dude got shut out. I want to believe that that was the first time ever that that dude got blocked in his life. I'll co-sign that. Right? Like, because they never said it before. So I'm going to, I'm going to say it right now. And so the silence that you hear when that ball falls down on the other side of the net, the silence of, did that just, it's like seeing LeBron James get blocked, denied at the rim. You never see that. The eruption, the Karasano's celebration, the fact that his older brother is in the crowd like, that's my bro. That's my little bro. But cherry on top. Cherry on top, ladies and gentlemen, because I, I know I'm going long with this, but bear with me. Suki thinks back to that moment that he got from his mentor. One block, one stop for everything, for the match. That's when you know you'll fall in love with basketball. You get the POV shot of Suki looking at his hand, like smoking for blocking that ball, just smoking. And you see him ball his fist up. This is the only, like, emotion he showed ever in the whole series balls his fist up and lets out a i swear i cried dude i cried cried for my boy like suki is the goat i don't care what nobody says like that moment bro that was like the best like character growth triumph that i've ever seen in like almost any anime that was like until luffy becomes pirate king i'm putting that one at the top bro it's like an accomplishment telling you <laughs> look if again if you haven't watched haikyuu and that story right there doesn't make i don't know what to say to you man tell you he was looking at his head it was smoking bro like it still had the like the scuff marks on it he ah, like he was ready bro speaking of smoke ooh, i got a hot take question for you okay what's a character dream that you're tired of seeing like just in general in general what is <sighs> something you just want to see like retired from anime storytelling <laughs> I think it's this might just be Dragon Ball Z because like I'm struggling to like find like another one to be the strongest. Mm-hmm. I think it's lazy. I think it's I think it's very lazy. It was cool at first 
like, oh, my dream is to be like the strongest ever. And then it's just kind of like, no, that's an excuse to keep the show going because you can always add in somebody stronger and then they fight. F that. And then they always try to make it seem like it's the most important thing. Like one day they have these long monologues, like there's birds flying, the sun's in the distance. I will be the strongest. Like, no, you won't. The writers are going to keep giving you people to fight and we're just going to keep watching it in hopes that you become the strongest one day. At what point do you sit down in your chair and say, yep, I'm the strongest dude. Ash had a dream to become a Pokemon master, to become a champion. And when he did it, we were celebrating. The whole world was celebrating. That's cool. I can't see somebody like Goku or even like Vegeta. Again, is a little bit different because Vegeta suffered more L's than anybody else that you can really think of. So him getting a W, we want to see that W. But somebody like a Goku and even like a, uh, shoot, I'll even say, uh, I think I think Saitama is like the backwards one because he already is the strongest, but he's like looking to like, you know, get that challenge. And I feel like, you know, when he gets it, it's going to be, it's going to be cool. But yeah, can we just retire like the, I want to be the strongest ever. Like I, would, I feel like that's why I like One Piece so much is because Luffy wants to be the Pirate King. However, that doesn't imply, it, it implies that he's strong, but it's not inherently tied to being the strongest right. ever, right? It's about freedom. It's about being the person who attains the most freedom in the world. And I feel like that is, a, you know, with the nature of the world, the Navy and the, you know, the Gorosei and, you know, toppling the Gorosei will free the world. And if Luffy is the instrumental part of doing that, being the Pirate King means that much more. But when it comes to just floating along, I want to be the strongest. It's like it's like when people say they want to be a business major. I'm sorry, business majors. But when I hear that, I go, yeah, but in what though? Like what? I was a business major too. I just didn't know what it was. But it's just, I want to know specific, like what is it? Like what is it? What's going to satisfy your soul, right? So I feel like the whole, like, let's become the strongest. I'm like, all right, call me when you actually have a, a grown-up dream. But <laughs> The anti-Goku agenda continues. It, it, uh, and I love Goku, okay? I love Goku. He's on my wall, but God, can't stand that. Well, as we're, uh, as we're wrapping up, talk to me. What are, you, what are you watching right now? What are you really excited by? Mm. What's, um, what, are you, what are you putting on when you, when you go home at night? I've been watching a lot of movies right now, but uh, in terms of like anime, I've been watching. I've been I've been getting into Chainsaw Man. Uh, I haven't watched it like about a week, so I need to like pump those numbers up because those are rookie numbers. Uh, but obviously, like the new episodes of One Piece are like extremely hype right now. For those of you guys who see the newest episode, that's so good right it now. It was cracking. It was cracking. I don't know what they're putting in the water for those animators in those last like five minutes of every episode, but Jesus. But right now, like I feel like. I'm just in catch-up mode. Like, all the shows that, like, I have a bad habit of, like, starting a show, falling in love with it, and then say, like, all right, I'll get back to it. And then I start another one, and then I watch another movie, and then whatever. So, like, I feel like Fire Force and Chainsaw Man are, like, top of my list. Uh, I still need to watch the newest season of My Hero. And uh, I also, as much as I would, like, as much as I went into this whole thing about Haikyuu, I still need to watch, like, that latest season as well. So, like, those are, like, the top of my list right there. And then I know people are like, yo, you got to watch Demon Slayer. And I'm just like, I'm slowly getting through Demon Slayer. I'm not saying I don't love it. What I'm saying is, is, like, I watch it, love the episode when I when I finish it. But then I'm like, other things are priority. Like, because mm-hmm. also, like, it's still in its infancy. So, like, I feel like until it gets to, like, season three and I feel like I'm in a panic, I'm fine. Uh, well, as we as we wrap this episode up, is there anything else that you'd like to say to our listeners out there? Be kind to one another. Uh, follow your dreams. 
I know it sounds like I'm just like plugging it into the episode, but honestly, like it's it's very, very important to me that everybody has a dream that they can follow, something that they will risk anything for. Uh, you know, I grew up in Compton, didn't really have a whole lot. Uh, the job that I have now was not even a job I knew was possible until about three, four years ago. And so, you know, just keep trying new things. Just like stay on that journey. Like the goal is not going anywhere. You may not see it right now, but it's not going anywhere. And when you find that one thing that you could do forever, that you could do for free, that you want to bring people along for, put everything you have into getting that because you will never be happier in your life than when you're chasing that great treasure at the end of the journey. Damn, man. <laughs> Powerful. Very, very wise words from my guests today. Well, to all you listening out there, I want to thank you for joining us at the Mana Podcast and a special thank you to my guest, Straw Hat Goofy, for joining me this episode. Thank you, man. Seriously, this is this is what we got to do it again sometime because I feel like we could have went off on like 80 tangents that <laughs> we, we will run it back. We will do it again for sure. Everyone, make sure you please go follow Straw Hat Goofy on Instagram and TikTok. And if you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on your favorite app and please leave a rating and review. For the Mana Podcast, I'm Matt Owens. Thanks for listening. 